Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. Excuse me, sir. Out of the way, prick. Am I, am I going first? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. The, uh... The mic stand is supposed to be for to prevent popping and such, but it's actually just protected my mic from from a spillage. Beer spillage. Oh well. Hmm. Well, hello and welcome to a new episode of Two Geeks Two Beers, a geeky mini history lesson about topics that don't really matter in the grand scheme of the universe, but they matter a lot to nerds like us. And we drink beer while doing it. So I'm Tom, and with me, as ever, is Morgan. Good day. So before we start, actually a very quick mention to say that we'll soon be recording our 100th episode. Wow, for one. Um, And uh, for it, we'd love to include um, like a big Q&A session with all you lot listening. So uh, they can be questions about us, maybe our friendship, how we met, how we make the podcast, or just kind of general pop culture questions, I guess, our thoughts and theories, likes, dislikes, all that kind of stuff. So you know, we'd love literally any question. Um, so please do get in touch either on our email, which is podcast at two geeks, two beers.com. And I should probably say, I don't think we've ever clarified this in that email address. Two is spelt T W O not, not the number. So that's, that's, that's where all the emails email. have been going. There. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking maybe that's why. Anyway, um, or via our social channels, which is at two geeks cast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please do get in touch. We look forward yes. to doing that. And if, if we get enough questions, we will make the 100th episode a Q&A special yeah. and we won't have to think about anything else. <laughs> we, we, won't have, we won't have to worry about what else to do. Whereas if we don't, it will only be part of the 100th special. Yeah, and then we'll have, we'll have to, to like skit or something. And we'll have to put the work in and figure out something yeah. else to do. And it'll be, it, no, one, no one wants that. So please, please do get in touch. Yeah. So for this episode, I'm taking the reins this time and I've gone for a film that I loved growing up um, and a film that, um, do you know what? It might not have been the box office juggernaut at the time, but you could say has since gone on to gain a cult following, which is what we love on Two Geeks, isn't it? So, I'm going back to 1988, and it's Willow. Uh, So coming up, a surprising Happy Days reunion, a friendship for life, and how to really get your own back on certain pesky film critics. Ah, Hi, Dave uh, Benson Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) I had a a very strange interview of him once. uh, over, over, it wasn't Zoom, but he he made me do a. It was back in the day because back at back made then you used to. Well, back then you just did phone interviews. Mm. Whereas now, I suppose it's probably become more custom in the age of COVID to do like Teams or Zoom or whatever. But he insisted on doing like Skype way back then because he, he needed to see me. I want to look inside your, my soul. I wanna, I wanna, yeah, I want to look you in the eye. I'm Dave Benson Phillips, and I stare directly <laughs> into your soul. Anyway, um, so I'd say Willow is is another one of those kind of brilliant. Uh, fantasy films that could only really have existed in the 80s. It's kind of this kind of odd, uh, excellent collection of films that kind of... They were aimed at kids, but they're rather dark and has a very complicated backstory. And, we, you know, we've already done episodes on Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Legend. Um, we haven't even got round to doing, like, Neverending Story, Return to oh. Oz, Goonies, Princess Bride, all that kind of stuff. So I'd say Willow is very much up there in this list of uh, fantasy uh, films from that era, and I had a lot of fun researching this episode. I actually rewatched it for once. Um, it's on Disney Plus. Highly recommend it. Um, I hadn't seen it for what must have been like twenty odd years, uh, but it was as if it was yesterday. It was amazing. So much fun. I mean, so, firstly, have you actually seen it? No, I, I've I've never seen it. <sighs> which I mean, what role reversal here? Come on. I know that never it, happens. Yeah, it's usually you letting the side down. No, I have never seen uh, Willow, and I know. Very little about it, which is quite exciting. I'm, mm. uh, I'm, I'm excited to learn more. Um, or literally, all I know about it is that it stars uh, Warwick Davis. Yeah. Um, I found out. Um, I mean, preparing is a strong word, but certainly I found <laughs> out in, in in the run up to this episode uh, that it, that it stars Val Kilmer. Um, yeah. And you you put out a little little shout out um, before before we started recording this episode. Set you know, inviting uh, people to contribute their their thoughts and their memories yeah. of of willow and a lot of the responses seem to be gene marsh themed um I, <laughs> yeah everyone loves did, a bit of gene marsh yeah. everyone loves a bit of gene marsh yeah. uh, i interviewed gene marsh once she was absolutely lovely for the oh. uh for the uh the revival series of upstairs downstairs 
and uh, niche little throwback in joke there. Uh, for for the, for the if you know you know geek, yeah for the two geeks hardcore that one um so 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 yeah uh, Warwick Davis Val Kilmer Gene Marsh I would watch those three actors in any in any sort of combination any any genre yeah. of film um so so I'm excited I'm excited how, to learn more how can you forget Kevin Pollack I love I love Kevin Pollack I didn't even know who was in it so yeah. this is what I'm saying these are the kind of revelations <laughs> that are going to keep spewing forth um, and I'm very excited I'm very excited. Okay, well, Willow, it was directed by Ron Howard uh, and produced by George Lucas and written by Bob Dolman from a story by Lucas. Uh, as and they say, stars Warwick Davis, Val Kilmer, Joanne Wally, uh, Gene Marsh and Billy Barty, among others. Um, Davis plays Willow, a reluctant farmer who wants to be a magician uh, who plays a critical role in protecting a baby from a tyrannical queen who vows to destroy her and take over the world. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not many... I was going to say fantasy movies, but 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 films, or indeed pieces of fiction in general, um, that start. Was it? You say a reluctant farmer. <laughs> it does say reluctant farmer. I think he was quite happy being a farmer. He's more of a reluctant. He's reluctant to be on this journey. He's a bit like um, Frodo, I guess. Right, but I mean, yeah. be, be, very few protagonists in great works of fiction are are farmers, let alone reluctant, reluctant. farmers. Yeah, well, he wants to be like, a magician. He wants to be a magician, so he's like, oh, if I have to be a farmer until I'm a magician, fine. Anyway, before we get onto the plot, here is the trailer of Willow. It was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. We gotta get that baby to somebody. I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels. What goes on here? Uh oh. And a time of rebels. You are great. You're gonna get us killed. You're a great warrior. And a swordsman. And you're ten times bigger than I am, stupid. Find the child. Find the child. It was a time when courage could be found where you'd least expect it. <laughs> a time when unearthly powers raged and good men risked their lives. Time of great adventure. From the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow. I mean, I don't know. I'm now mad at myself for not having watched that before. It looks, it, it looks great. It's from, it's from the creator of Star Wars, which it was still, it was still the '80s. It was still early enough that like Star Wars wasn't in modern parlance. You can't just say Star Wars. It's, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like he's never read the word Star Wars before. Narrator guy. He's like Star Wars and Cocoon. But no, it looks, it looks great. F- fantasy, fun, frolics. Val Kilmer is a roguish scoundrel. Also. Oh, yeah. Is is Warwick Davis doing an American accent? Because yeah, and and, ca- and yeah, and I'm pretty pretty good. You get used to it. It's it's, it's no, it's, it's fine. It's more yeah. it's more just like he's a you know it's a, it's a, it's a fantasy land. I presume it's some kind of you know it's some far, far away land in fantasy times. Um, I'm not entirely sure why he why he had to put on an American accent, particularly given that the default for Hollywood often is to go yeah, you know, fan, fan, yeah, fantasy yeah. land. Alien planet, whatever. Just, just be British. It's kind of the default. Well, okay. Well, let's go through the plot of. Well, I'm going to ruin it for you now. Oh. I, I did think when I was researching, I said, should I just not bother with the plot? Should I just get because you know, if you've if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't no. seen it, it's just spoilers. But I feel like you need to know. You know, you need to know your, what's all about it. Your, 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 your drunken potted histories of <laughs> uh, sort of uh, <laughs> dreadful uh, 
<laughs> dreadfully translated plot synopses of, of um, beloved movies are, are a yeah. staple of this podcast, Tom. And I think I and listeners would miss them if they weren't included. So please do. Please do carry on. Okay, well, to prevent the fulfilment of a prophecy that a Daikini, or aka human, child with a special rune birthmark will bring about her downfall, the evil sorceress Queen Bavmorda, and I've got to say, I thought this whole time it was Queen Badmorda. I just assumed because <laughs> she's a baddie, she's called Badmorda. No, Bavmorda. This is like uh, this is like when, when my brother thought that the. Uh, oh no, it's actually it's the reverse of um, the, the the villain in in uh, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is called Judge Doom. Um, yeah. And the Chris- Christopher Lloyd's character, and he's so obviously the baddie. But my brother was convinced when we were kids. He was like, "No, it's Judge Dune with an N." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure it's Doom." And he was like, "He wouldn't be called Judge Doom because it's then it would be because it'd be too obvious that he's the villain." I'm like, I-, "I think it's pretty obvious he's the villain." Anyway, anyway, sorry, carry on. Also, just just so far, this is just Harry Potter. It oh sounds yeah, like, it sounds like Harry Potter just totally yeah, stole right. the yeah, plot got, of Willow. Got the birthmark and all the birthmark yeah. and everything, and the, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the evil sorceress Queen Bavmorda imprisons all pregnant Daikini women in her domain because she's she's expecting this child to, to bring about her downfall. The foretold child is born, but her mother convinces the midwife to smuggle the baby out of the castle. So Bavmorda executes the mother and sends her, her wolf-like hounds after the midwife. Bear in mind, kids film. This is how it starts. This is how the film starts. Uh, the midwife sets the baby adrift on a grass raft before she is killed by the dogs. And uh, Bavmorda... All the midwife. Yeah. <laughs> More the midwife. <laughs> wow. Uh, and Bavmorda sends her daughter Saoirse and an army led by Gen- General Kyle uh, to hunt down the baby. So, baby born, on the raft, off it goes. Mm. Loads of army. Now, why the army can't catch up with just a baby or going down on, on a river when it's going down at like 0.4 miles per hour, I don't know. But anyway. It's <laughs> just sort of like like chasing alongside. Oh, he's, no, he's, he's taking a left. No. Also, did you say General Kyle? <laughs> Kyle, K A E L. General Kyle. It's, yeah. it's fantasy, so it's General Kyle. But really, yeah. he's called General. Yeah. Actually, there's more. There's oh. more of that in a minute. Oi, General there. General Kyle. It's yeah. Kyle. It's pronounced Kyle. Um, so, some distance downriver, uh, a village of Nelwyn, aka Little People, prepares for a festival. Uh, the baby is found by the children and farmer and aspiring sorcerer Willow Ufgood. And his uh, family take her in and they come to love her. At the festival, though, uh, a hound arrives and attacks all the cradles it finds. Obviously, it just has powers where these hounds just can sense cradles and right. attack them all, trying to find the baby, essentially. Empty cradles, though, right? This isn't I, like I'm, a... pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they're empty. I don't know why there's so many empty cradles about, but yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure they're empty. It's not just a baby massacre in the middle of this children's <laughs> film. But... Uh, after the Nelwyn warriors kill it, uh, Willow presents the baby to the village leader, the High Aldwyn. Uh, as the probable reason for the dog's appearance. Uh, the High Aldwyn orders the baby must be returned to a Daikini family, so Willow and a party of volunteers set out to find one. So there's a bit of a bit of a Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring situation going on here. So here's the little scene where they decide you need to sort this out, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's verbatim. There's a baby here. Just, ki- just so, kill it out. <laughs> just kill the hound. Sort it out, yeah? <laughs> A kitty child. That's what the beasts want. Let's give it back to them. They'll kill her, you can't. It isn't one of us. This child is special. This child must be taken beyond the boundaries of our village, all the way across the great river to the Daikini Crossroads. Who'd do that? It seems only fair that the man to take this baby to the crossroads be the very man who plucked it out of the river. I nominate Willow Afgood. Yeah! I will consult the bones. The bones have spoken. Willow Afgood, the safety of this village depends upon you. Raise the bones! Raise the bones! But you will need help. Who has the courage to protect our brave fellow on his journey? I'll go with him. Ah, Migosh. Excellent choice. I'll go! No! Not Vonkar! He's the best warrior in the village! We need him here! Vonkar, step back! All this expedition needs is a leader. 
And according to the bones, that leader is you, Burglecut. Burglecut's such a dick. Um, what I like about that, someone's uploaded dodgily the whole film on YouTube, whatever, but the guy who's uploaded it, the comment, the, the description he's put on the video is, I had nothing to do with the creation of this video. I just want others to enjoy the movie as I do. All right? So, <laughs> he's so annoyed. I have I had nothing to do with the creation of this video. Leave so, it, yeah. I mean, you did rip it and upload it, so you had something to do with it, but all right, anyway. So, at a crossroads, they find Mad Martigan, um, a mercenary trapped in a crow's cage who offers to take the baby in exchange for his freedom. Uh, the majority of the Nelwyn think that they should give the baby to him, but Willow and his friend Migosh refuse, causing the others to abandon them and go home. After meeting Mad Mardigan's old comrade, so, now... So, 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 so it's, it's, it's not really a Fellowship of the Ring. Because... No, the Fellowship lasts about, about a scene, and then they all yeah. disappear. Yeah, it's only only his mate that hangs around, the rest all go home. Um, but this is where, similar to what you said earlier about uh, General Kyle, or Kyle, yeah. his... So Mad Mardigan's old uh, comrade comes up um, with an army, uh, and they, they're they saying Eric. He's right. called Eric. Everyone's calling him Eric. But it's spelt, I've only just obviously just realised this, because you never see it written down, A-I-R-K. So Eric. But, 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 it's, but, it's, but it's Eric. Yeah, everyone's so calling we, him Eric. So we've got Eric and Kyle. I'm just waiting yeah. for Stan and Kenny to show up, and we'll have the full set. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Um, so Eric is on his way with an army to attack Bav Morder. Uh, Willow relents and agrees Mad Mardican. Um, it's hard to say, Mad Martigan or Mad Mardigan because they all they all because they're Americans, so they all say Mad Mardigan, so it sounds alright. But I'm, I, it sounds silly when I say it. So it's Mad Martigan, which doesn't sound as cool. But anyway, um, Willow he says, "Fine, you can have the kid. You look after it." And here's here's the scene where um, Val Kilmer finally gets released. But well, when did Val Kilmer t- turn? Oh, up? sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's Mad Mardigan. <laughs> Oh right, okay, okay. <laughs> He's Mad Martin. Well, this is going, uh, yeah. this going is well going so far, sw- isn't it? It's going swimmingly so far, yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna take care of that baby. You know why? Nobody cares. Except me. You wanna go back to your families. I want out of this cage. Let me take care of that baby. I'll look after her like she was my own. I believe you would, Willow. He doesn't know anything about babies. Right, but I know a lot of women who do. If I had somebody in my life, a little daughter perhaps, I might have a reason to go on living. You can't leave me in here to die. Not when all I want to do is protect her. So, on the way home, Willow and Migosh discover that some brownies, which are these little, like, fairy creatures who are essentially the comic relief of the film. They're like the, uh, you know, the, just the, the, the Jar Jar Binks of um, George Lucas's... Uh, <laughs> his willow his storytelling, yeah. Um, so they have stolen the baby, essentially, and they are... are and so Willow's like, what the fuck? Because they, they see, like, this this bird with the brownies on it, with the baby in the sky. Um so they're captured by the brownies, but Fairy Queen Cher- Cherlindrea, I think it's pronounced, uh, she frees them and explains that the baby is a Laura Dern... A Laura... <laughs> a Laura Dern. Laura Dern's in this movie. <laughs> a Laura Dannon, uh, the oh. foretold princess of Tyres Lean, obviously. Um, she gives Willow a magic wand and sends him to find Finn Raziel, which who is an ageing enchantress. So... Um, the brownies are on their side, but they need to get the baby to this other woman because she knows what she's doing. Right. Um, I, um, I, I, I took a trip to Amsterdam once with some friends, and, and on that occasion, the, the brownies were very much sense. not on my not on my side, not on my not on my side at all. Carry on. Um, Willow sends Migosh home, which I thought was a bit. <laughs> it's like it's like if Frodo went to Sam. Oh, you can go home now, mate. Migosh, you don't see him again until the end of the film. Not in it anymore. Why okay, is he? He's, he's just like look. I, I, 
we set out with this fellowship and the rest have all abandoned me yeah. and I've just been left with you. Even so, I'd rather be on my own. Go home. <laughs> it's just it's easier to film with, with yeah. only like you know a minor staff. We don't need too many people on screen. So okay. So he goes home, but Willow continues the journey in the company of two brownies, uh, one of which is Kevin Pollack, just so you know. Um, on the way, he re-encounters Mad Mardigan, who is hiding from his mistress's husband, Lug. Uh, Saoirse and Kyle's army arrive, uh, but Mad Mardigan reveals himself to Lug, who starts a brawl, which helps Willow and Mad Mardigan escape with the baby. Um, Mad Mardigan reluctantly leads Willow to the lake where Raziel lives. Uh, they are captured sooner after, along with Raziel, who had actually been turned into a, 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 a possum by Bad Morning, so she's currently a possum. Um, uh, Willow tries to restore her, but he instead uh, turns her into a crow. So you know she's yeah. It's, it's got that kind of low-key alligator vibe going on at the moment, except it can actually talk as opposed to you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the brownies accidentally dose Mad Mardigan with love potion, and he declares undying love for Sorsha. But it says here, copied, she is spe- <laughs> spectacle. She is skeptical. Uh, so, but but intrigued because she's meant to be fighting Mad Mardigan, but it's like he's Val Kilmer, he looks like he's, Val Kilmer, and he's and he's in love with her. And instantly. he's yeah, he's, he's, he's rogu- got a love potion. He's roguish eighties Val Kilmer. Yeah. I, I so would. obviously you're like, well, okay, I should be fighting you, but you look like Val Kilmer, so yeah. I'll carry on. Uh, Willow's party flees thanks to an amazing moment, which will not translate to audio whatsoever. Um, essentially, features Mad Mardigan uh, being turned into like a human snowball, uh, and. Um, and they just crash into a... It causes an avalanche, and it crashes into a hut. And it's really, really good and really funny. Now you no are uh, trying to play it. You, you are famously bad at at communicating these these, these plot synopses. <laughs> All the same. So I can't... This is the thing. I can't tell if this film is actually as batshit as it sounds, or... or <laughs> it is or, pretty batshit, but I'm not... I'm not. It's tradition. I don't explain it very well. I'm trying to get through it. I'm trying to get through it to get into the interesting bit, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's, it can't be as bad as Time Bandits. I really ruined that one for you forever. That one. Um, yeah, I'm still not uh, essentially, uh, Mad Mardigan takes Sorsha hostage and they flee, but eventually she escapes. Don't worry about it. Um, Willow's party then arrives in Tira's Lean, only to find it enchanted and overrun with trolls. Uh, Kyle's army arrives and Mad Mardigan and Willow attempt to fend them off. Sorsha, realizing she has fallen in love with Mad Mardigan, um, don't ask me why. She just has. I think now, it's just ten minutes with him is all, all it right. needed, and she's this now in love with him. This isn't some kind of weird coercion as a result of the love potion. This is genuine. No, she's she. I mean, Mam, thinking about it, Mam Morgan didn't actually fall in love with her. He only did because he took the love potion. Yeah. Whereas she's genuinely fallen in love with him, and I, right. I assume he's now in love with her forever. I guess that's how it works. He doesn't like ever lose the spell or anything. But uh, all right. Not um, sure how I feel about that, but carry on. Yeah. So she defects uh, to uh, Mad Mardigan and Willow's side. Uh, Willow accidentally turns a troll into this massive uh, monster thing with like th- th- uh, three heads, and it's 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 one of those things where it looks a bit um, Jason and the Argonautsy. Mm. It looks a bit like a bit Harryhausen. Yeah, but it's good because of that. You know, yeah. if they did it a few years yeah. later, it'd be all CGI, and it would be a bit nah, and it, and it yeah. would age badly. I'd much, I'd this, mu- it's, it's I'd- much better. I'd much rather see a terrible practical yeah, effect than a te- exactly. terrible CGI because I'm a snob. Yeah. Uh, Kyle captures the baby and takes her to Bad Morda. Uh, Bad Morda orders preparation of a ritual you know, to you are, you are just saying, the world forever. You are just saying Bad Morda now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Bad yeah. Morda, yeah. But why is it always like a child or a baby that these baddies need to, like, kill or, or kidnap? Because, you know? because like, a, a baby's the most innocent thing conceivable. Yeah. So it's like... You know, you know they're a dick when Voldemort or or Bad Morda or, or Jareth, or Jareth. <laughs> exactly. If they're targeting, a, if they're targeting yeah. a baby, they're the, yeah. they're the worst. The worst. Uh, Eric's army arrives and Willow's party joins them, but Bad Morda casts a spell to Eric. turn them all to pigs. So this is actually why is a there, terrifying moment. Why is there uh, so much transmogrification in this movie? <laughs> and yes, I did just want to show off the word that I know the word transmogrification, but like turn it into. Turn it into snowballs, turn it into three-headed monsters, <laughs> turn it into pigs. And again, like... Possums, don't forget po- the possums. Oh, possum, of course. Crows. And like, crows. And, like, someone was a, was a troll already. If like I feel if you're, if you're a troll, you don't necessarily need to be transformed into a three-headed monster. But No. I just mean that, innit? Um, so this bit won't necessarily translate to audio, but you'll get more of an idea of it, and it's good for you to see it. I'll get, I'll, so, I'll get so the vibe. So enjoy this. I, I will. Yeah. Come for Alora Dannon. You dare to challenge me? You're not warriors. You're pigs. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, yeah, good special effects. Yeah, for the for the time, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, Willow uses his wand to protect himself before finally restoring Raziel to her humanoid form. Uh, she breaks Bad Morda's spell over the army, and they trick their way into the castle. Kyle slays Eric, but Mad Mardigan avenges him, and then Willow, Sorsha, and Raziel confront Bad Morda in the ritual chamber. Here's another clip, mate. You will watch me draw upon the power of the universe to send the child into the netherworld. Now place it on the altar. No. No. You stupid hag. With my magic, I'll send her into the... Into a... <laughs> You're no sorcerer! Into a realm where evil cannot touch her! Impossible! There's no such place! Helderfell, Swatman, Helderfell! Bear Afternoon, I shall destroy Helderfell, you and the child with Helderfell. you! Bear Afternoon, Fabua! Goodbye, Laura. Another classic example of an 80s movie that's ostensibly for families and children, but is absolute nightmare fuel. Really, <laughs> really unsettling. Um, also, yeah. it was it was absolutely pissing it down throughout throughout that scene. So while Willow may have protected uh, the child from Bav Morda, I don't believe he's protected it from hypothermia. <laughs> uh, I, I think that child's doomed either way, if I'm honest. So in case it wasn't obvious there, after a grueling fight, Bad Morda incapacitates... Oh, fuck me. Say some words, mate. In, 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 what? In, 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 incapacitates. Is in, that right? in, Incapacitates. No. After in, a grueling fight, Bad Morda incapacitates. It, is that right? right? It, it sounds wrong. Incapacitates. Yeah, incapacitates. Incapacitates. Anyway, Bad Morda uh, stops Razzle and Sorsha. Willow uses sleight of hand to trick Bad Morda into thinking he has teleported Aurora away. Bad Morda attacks him, but accidentally spills some of the ritual blood, banishing herself from the world forever. What a what a what a clumsy witch, eh? What a clumsy old hag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Willow is gifted a spell book by Razul, and uh, Mad Mardigan and Sorsha adopt Laura, and they go to live with her in the restored Tira's Lean, while Willow returns home to his village and family in triumph. Anyway. I know I've sold that really badly, but I didn't want to be doing it. I didn't want to do an airbud and be there for like half an hour trying to do yeah. the plot. But trust me, really good. I know if you haven't seen it, I've just given away everything. But you know, I don't. No, it, I don't think I have given away anything. To no, I don't I think, think you have. If, if they're anything like me, I don't think listeners understood a word of that. <laughs> so you could quite happily go uh, to Willow like totally blind, having no no clue what Tom was just talking about, and. <laughs> Anyway, so the cast. So Warwick Davis plays Willow Offgood. He was only seventeen when he, he does look Willow. young. Does look yeah. young. Yeah, but, but bloody amazing in it. And when I watched it, I didn't think of him. Obviously, when I was I was watching it as a kid, I was like seven or eight. But I didn't I didn't look at him and think he's only seventeen. I looked at him. Mm. I, I, I felt like he was a much much older than that. And you know, at the time, he had relatively you know lack of proper acting experience, and so it's quite the big role to take on. Uh, but more on him in a minute. Uh, Val Kilmer, obviously, is Mad Mardigan. Two years after his breakout role in Top Gun, um, and I'm very much looking forward to watching his um, documentary Val very mm. soon. Um, there was a great uh, story. I, do you know what? The amount of research did for this episode, I actually bought Warwick Davis's autobiography um, and. Oh, make some that is right. book, bearing the, in uh, mind, bear, bearing yeah. in mind that most of the time you don't even like watch the thing you're talking about, or like it's it's a stretch <laughs> that you'll like. Did you read the Wikipedia page? Possibly a little, sort but of, not to, just copied but, and pasted, not yeah. not to completion. Um, yeah. But wow, no, yeah, but I thought it's a book I'd like to read anyway. But is time, um, uh, time and financial investment in this episode, yeah. people? But it's a, a lovely little uh, paragraph from it. This is from Warwick. He goes. As I was about to step on the plane, Val came over to say hi, or so I thought. Instead, he snatched the glasses off my face, snapped them in two, and threw them in a nearby bin. Then he just stood there, smiling at me. I was speechless. I... What? Why? My image ruined. Was all I (laughs) made. (laughs) 
<laughs> what what the hell was Val playing at? He was just standing there in my path, grinning. Here you go, Warwick, he said, and presented me with two new pairs of genuine Ray-Bans. Oh. he just bought them in, in the airport. He turned, his shoulders shaking with laughter, and boarded the plane before my brain had time to readjust and thank him. That was typical of Val, completely unpredictable and generous to a fault. So wow. there you go. That's great. Yeah. My, Great <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe Warwick Davis really said what? No, my <laughs> image. My image. Who says that? Also, um. also, I, you get that thing with celebrities sometimes where they have they have like their names just kind of become second nature to you, where you just go, oh yeah, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Is there any other man ever called Val? Valdunican, Val, Val I guess. There's Valdunican. <laughs> Valdunican, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's but it's an unusual name, isn't it, Val? When you yeah. stop and think about it, like, is it short for anything? I'm gonna look it up now. As I yeah. That's what it's. Is it short for anything? Uh, doesn't look like it. No, just like Val v- Edward Kilmer. What's his like name? Valiant Kilmer or something like yeah. that. That'd be that'd be good. No, uh, it's just it's just Kilmer and Dunican. They're they're the only two, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Um, so the baby was played by both Kate and Ruth Greenfield twins and Rebecca Behrman because of slow production during filming the babies outgrew the props and the baby carrier that Willow had on his back so they needed a new baby quickly Uh, the second assistant director Jerry Toomey recommended his newborn niece Rebecca although she was never actually credited the scene where the baby is sick on Burgle Cut was not written into the script. Willow walked with a limp, which which gave uh, Rebecca motion sickness. Uh, when she was lifted up, she threw up all over his head, and it was so funny that they kept it in the film. There you go. Uh, Joanne, is it Wally or Wally? Oh, I I would say wa- like it's like it's like Wally. Wally. Wa- wa- it's like Wally. Wa- Wally. Yeah. I'll say Wally. Um, <laughs> she can't she... be called. She can't be called Joanne Wally. 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 Let's say Wally. 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 Okay. Joanne Wally plays Saoirse, a British actress, actually married Val Kilmer after meeting on set on this film. Uh, Because I I didn't know she was in this, but I know she was married to Val Kilmer. Yeah. Uh, They married the year it came out. She took a break from acting to bring up uh, her two children with Val Kilmer, Mercedes and Jack. Uh, But in 1995, the pair divorced, citing irreconcilable differences. Um, she I've, never, I, I've never heard the word irre- irreconcilable said like that before <laughs> irreconcilable differences uh. Uh, most recently she's appeared in the likes of the Daredevil a new version uh, Tin Star and uh, the White Princess among other stuff uh, Jean Marsh Queen Bad Morda most famous for of course co-creating and starring in Upstairs Downstairs Upstairs Downstairs yeah. yeah, the original one from the seventies. Oh, um, she, she was in the revival as well. Yeah, she won the nineteen seventy five Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress for her performance as Rose Buck in that show. Um, she, as you say, later reprised it in the twenty ten version. Um, she also co created The House of Elliot in nineteen ninety one, and her film appearances include Cleopatra, Frenzy, The Changeling. Uh, and Return to Oz, in fact, which I wanted to do an episode on, and she's pretty much playing the exact same character in Return to Oz, which was yeah. She she also appeared in Doctor Who twice. Mm. Um, uh, it, it, she appeared in the nineteen eighties, kind of around about this time, I guess, in the story Battlefield. Again, playing uh, a horrible old old <laughs> hag. She was she was despite being delightful. Yeah, Jean Marsh is is very good at that. Um, but she also played uh, Sarah Kingdom, uh, a, a companion. In fact, oh. uh, in, in Doctor Who in the 1960s, only the second ever companion to, to die. Oh, uh, didn't so know there you go. Uh, Patricia Hayes plays Finn Razil, uh, the ageing sorceress. She appeared in many radio and TV comedy shows back in the day, including Hancock's Half Hour, Benny Hill Show, <laughs> Till Death Us Do Part. Uh, she was also in The Never Ending Story and A Fish Called Wonder. Um, she passed away in 1998, aged 88. Um, Billy Barty played the High Aldwin, something of a legendary dwarf actor from America. He passed away in 2000, age 76. Uh, Pat Roach, what a great guy! Oh, Do you know much about Pat, Pat Roach, Roach. Yeah. yeah. So he's General Kyle. He's General, uh, the general in the film. Um, but yeah, what a great! He's one of those people I forget exist, and I, I, I read up on him. So yeah, former wrestler, yeah. best known for playing uh, Bomber in Alfie the Same Pet. Um, yeah. But apparently, yeah, just missed out on playing Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, Annie's. Annie's. The, when when I when you say Pat Roach to me, the first thing I think of is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, he, yeah, he's the he's the the big buff Nazi that Indy yeah. fights, and he gets like cut up by the by the propeller yeah. of the plane. Classic scene. But he's apparently in in the first three Indiana Jones films as different different characters. roles. Yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, but he apparently, yeah, he was almost played Darth Vader, but George Lucas instead, yeah, took him on for Indiana Jones. Um, and he, he died in 2004, age 67. Gavin O'Herlihy, I think is how you pronounce it, he plays Eric. Um, he's a beautiful commander. Um, I'd say he resembles like Tormund if he had a shower. You know, the yeah, guy we saw yeah, yeah. Um But I couldn't quite believe it when I looked up who he was. He's actually Chuck Cunningham from Happy Days. So this is a brilliant reunion oh. with his on-screen brother, Juan Howard. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Wait, but Ch- Chuck Cunningham is the one who, who just disappears, right? You I know think so. Look, Chuck, because... Yeah, you know, yeah, the, the Chuck Cunningham syndrome thing. Yeah, Chuck... Just, Ch- the, yeah. Chuck Cunningham like goes up the stairs yeah. in in one episode of Happy Days and just just never comes down again. And then in future <laughs> episodes they acted like Chuck didn't exist. So maybe yeah. maybe Ron was like, look, I feel bad. You just got sort of like like deleted from Happy Shut Days. Those days yeah. were not yours. Uh, let's I'll, I'll, I'll bring you back. And that's nice. That's yeah. Nice. But it, but if you look at what Chuck, he looked like as Chuck, you know, mm. a bit of a dweeb in Happy Days, and you look at him in Willow, it's like bloody hell, he turned into what what glow up. Great. <laughs> um. So Kevin Pollack and Rick Overton play Rule and Franjon. Franjon? Frangine? I'm not sure. Uh, the brownie duo. Uh, Pollack is, of course, one of those brilliant kind of that guy actors. Um, now again, leading. again, I think it's I think it's Kevin Pollack. <laughs> but if you want it, but I but I really I, I, it's, spelled, it's spelled Pollack though. Isn't yeah, it? but spelled... I mean, how would you spell Pollack? I've really been enjoying you throughout describing him as Kevin Pollack. I mean, maybe it is Pollack. I, I think it know. is because Pollack is O C K, isn't it? Whereas Pollack, po- no, that would be that would, that would be Pollock. What a load of absolute pollocks. Uh, anyway, uh, he is now yeah leading podcast presenter and poker player, and he's just been in all sorts of things over the years. Um, and Overton, um, he pops up all over the place, including he was Pam's dad in the office um, huh? in recent years. Um, David J. Steinberg was Migosh, Willow's closest friend, and accompanies Willow on his journey. He uh, died in journey. 2010. Yeah, most of the journey. He died in uh, 2010, age 45, sadly. Uh, Mark Northover, this is great. He plays Burglecut, the leader of the Nolan Village. Um, he is genuinely brilliant in this film. Really, really funny. Um, wasn't in much else from what I could see, but I remember, it turned out, my dad actually went to school with him. Would what? You he, he's from Dorset. I found this out years ago, and I was like, oh, great, I could call up. I, I was like, I could call my dad and just see if he's got any great like stories or anecdotes of, yeah. of Mark. And I called him up, and my dad was like, "Yeah, I don't remember much about him." <laughs> I was like, "No, I thought you, I thought you knew him really well. I thought you could like regale me with some stories uh, of Mark." I got nothing. Uh, don't really know. All right, okay. Well, it's still uh, a good fact. Still a good fact, Arthur. All. Um, he sadly died as well in two thousand and four, uh, aged fifty-four. But yeah, I, li- I like the idea that my dad went to school with him um, in the same year and all sorts. And finally, uh, Phil von Dacaro. Um, I've probably pronounced that wrong as well. Uh, he plays Vonkart, the Nelwyn warrior, who accompanies Willow on his journey as well. He had a, a recurring role as Roland in *Sabrina the Teenage Witch*. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Do you know? I yeah. I was I was watching the clips earlier, thinking I recognise him, and I think that's where I recognise him from. *Sabrina*. Yeah. So George Lucas conceived the idea for the film, which was originally titled *Munchkins*. So it's probably a good idea he changed the name of that one. Yeah. Uh, back in 1972. It was a similar in intent to Star Wars. He uh, created a number of well-known mythological situations for a young audience. So he was trying to do the same thing even back then. During the production of Return of the Jedi in 1982, Lucas approached Warwick Davis, who had been betraying Wicket, the Ewok, uh, while about playing Willow in such a film. Five years then passed before he was actually cast in the role. Lucas thought it would be great to use a little person in the lead role. A lot of my movies are about a little guy against the system, and this was just a more literal interpretation of that idea. So you can understand why I, as a short little kid, you know, related to that. I thought it was, I mean, it was really cool. To, to, Tom, you're, you're like, well, you're like 5'7". You, you don't I wish. suffer. <laughs> Five six? Five, five six? six, yeah. Five, you don't, six. You don't suffer Look, from not... dwarfism, to be clear. <laughs> no, but I feel like it sometimes when I'm on the tube, bloody hell. Um, writing the foreword in Warwick Davis's autobiography, which I bought, uh, Lucas said, I've done a number of movies uh, with little people and I've gotten to know some of them quite well. I've been asked why I've used little people as heroes. Perhaps part of it, deep down, is the fact that throughout high school I was always the shortest one in the class. So perhaps I instinctively took on the fantasy life of a little person who overcomes all obstacles. And part of it is my real-world desire to point the spotlight on the struggles of society's downtrodden, whether they be different physically, mentally, ethnically, or even financially. There you go. Because I, I, I'm, I'm of two minds about this in that 
you know, a lot of the time, little people are are cast as uh, as dwarves in fantasy, yeah, in fantasy fiction and so on. Like, is that okay? But on the other hand, a film like Willow allows them to play all different types of characters. They can be yeah. the hero, they can be they can be the villain, they can be you know, it's, it's a whole range of things. So, I, mean, I think it, at least it didn't go down the uh, Gary Oldman tiptoes route, which is. Uh, to this day, I don't know how that got made and how Gary Oldman got away with it, but look it up. Look up Tiptoes. It is a real film. It did happen. And you and you will you will wonder how he got away with it. How did he how yeah. how did he escape relatively unscathed from yeah. Tiptoes? Ask yourself the question. <laughs> anyway, uh, Lucas explained that he had to wait until the mid eighties to make the film because visual expect because visual effect technology was finally advanced enough to execute his vision. Meanwhile, actor-turned-director Ron Howard was looking to do a fantasy film. He was at Industrial Light and Magic during the post-production of uh, Cocoon when he was first approached by Lucas to direct Willow. He had previously starred in Lucas's American Graffiti back in the day, and uh, Lucas felt that he and Howard shared a symbiotic relationship, similar to the one he enjoyed with Steven Spielberg, he said. Uh, Howard nominated Bob Dolman to write the screenplay based on Lucas's story, and uh, Dolman had worked with him on a 1983 TV pilot called Little Shots that had not resulted in a series. Uh, and Lucas admired Dolman's work on the sitcom w- w- what was it? WKRP in Cincinnati. One of those oh, ones yeah. I've always known exists, but I've never seen it. So I don't I've never heard of it. I'm sure he's a very talented man, but imagine being called Bob Dolman. It's like it's, it's like it's like a name you would make up for someone who's boring. <laughs> Bob Dolman. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Dolman joined Howard and Lucas at Skywalker Ranch for a series of lengthy story conferences and wrote seven drafts of a script before the spring and fall of... Fall? You can say I've copied it off Wikipedia. Spring and autumn, thank you very much, of 1986. Yeah. Uh, pre-production began in late 86. Uh, various major film studios turned down the chance to uh, co-finance it with Lucasfilm because they believed the fantasy genre was unsuccessful. This was largely down to the fact that these these films weren't successful. Uh, Krull... Legend, Dragon Slayer, Labyrinth, none of them did that well at the box office. They were like, eh. All either, all either past or future two geeks fodder. None of them succeeded <laughs> at the box office. But what those financiers missed out on is that they all went on to earn a cult following. Yeah. You didn't so. know what DVD sales were going to be, did you? Nah. Uh, Lucas took it to MGM, which was uh, then headed by Alan Ladd Jr. Uh, Ladd and Lucas shared a relationship as far back as the mid-70s when Ladd, when he ran... Uh, 20th Century Fox greenlit the idea for Star Wars in the first place. Um, what a lad. Um, so, in 86, MGM was sadly fi- facing financial troubles. A major investment in a fantasy film was perceived as a bit of a risk. So, Lad advanced half the $35 million budget uh, in return for theatrical and TV rights, leaving Lucasfilm with home video and pay TV rights uh, in exchange for the other half. So, uh, bit of a bit of an interesting deal, that one. Um RCA and Columbia Pictures Home Video paid $15 million to Lucas in exchange for the video rights. So I like the fact that this is something that even though Lucas had been so successful with Star Wars, mm. this was an idea that he could have just sacked it off. He could have just gone, no one wants to make it. Fantasy's on the way out. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's not guaranteed to make any money. Let's, he, just, believed. Let's he believed. He believed. He believed it. Like. Yeah. Uh, interior footage took place at Elstree Studios, uh, while location shooting took place in a quarry in Wales and New Zealand. Um, the Chinese government actually refused Lucas the chance for a brief location shoot. He instead sent a group of photographers to South China to uh, take pictures of specific scenery, which was then used as blue screen footage for background shots. <laughs> so a good way around it. It's like, ah, they won't know. <laughs> Just take some photos. They don't remember. Uh, the score of the film, written by James Horner, performed oh. by the London Symphony Orchestra. Great score, well worth Horner. a listen. Uh, the film was shown and promoted at the 1988 Cannes Film Festival, uh, released in theatres, as they say in America, on May 20th, 1988. Uh, did, you say can- in- did you say Cannes? I, w- I did say Cannes, and I was hoping I got away with it. <laughs> no. Um, but some people say Cannes, don't they? Some people? Stupid people. Stupid people? people? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it did hit number one on the US box office in its first weekend. Um, he hoped, Lucas, that it would earn as much money as E.T. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the film uh, faced early competition at the time from Crocodile Dundee 2, Big, and Rambo 3. Um, it grossed 57... It, yeah. It grossed $57 million at the box office in the US and Canada, uh, which was not quite the blockbuster hit that insiders had hoped for. Uh, the film opened in Japan... And grossed 
uh, 16 million in its first seven weeks, which was MGM's highest grossing film in Japan at the time. Uh, but it did perform well in, in across the world. It grossed um, a worldwide total of $137 million. So it's pretty good. Uh, a decent home video and TV sales as well. So it wasn't a flop by any means whatsoever, but neither was it the, yeah, the E.T. kind of thing that he was hoping for. But guess what? Willow was released to, can you predict? Uh, a glowing critical reception. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. It was a mixed reviews oh. from critics, sadly <laughs> so. Um, as of uh, 2020, it, based on 55 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rotten 51% rating. With an rotten? Five, yeah, 5.9 out of 10. How dare you? I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Because uh, I, 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 I thought that like by now, everyone would yeah. have like, you know, ca- we're, we're, ca- we're, catch up with yourself and be like, Look, this, is, this is actually good, come on. But how does Rotten Tomatoes work? Does it all take old reviews or is it contemporary reviews? How does it work? Is it just like, does it take reviews of the age and uh, upload it and then it gets the score? Or is it like updating all the time? I don't really get it. Like, I think so. It, I guess it's ones from the times. So maybe it's just yeah. Um, the general consensus reads: state of the art special effects and appealing performance from Watt Davis can't quite save Willow from its slow pace and generic story, which I think is a disgrace. How dare you? It's How not you? generic by any means. It's really good. Sure, Enjoy. it does all the tropes of all fantasy films that's ever made, but fuck it, it's really good. But yeah, honestly, don't understand. Don't understand why Willow's kind of... It's never never really been thought of as like a, a brilliant yeah. fantasy film. Do you know, we, like Labyrinth we... might have not been considered great at the time, but it has. It's now held up as like... Yeah. But for some reason, Willow never quite... Never quite done. Oh, don't know why. So are we saying that actually Willow received mixed reviews but hasn't gone on to earn a cult no, following? No, it has earned a cult following. And I'd, I'll get on to it. But like, you know, we had a lot of positive reaction when we said we were doing a Willow episode. And I think it's held yeah, we did. high regard. But I feel like for whatever reason, it's not done the critical thing of everyone getting, you know, people writing about it going, do you know what? It's actually really good. It's actually held yeah. up really well. Uh, but I just think it's maybe just in a time where fantasy was just becoming a bit, you know, old hat and easy to poke fun of. And, and obviously Lucas as well is probably easy fodder to take the piss out of at the time. And yeah, I think it's just um, not had its resurgence. Maybe we're going to start the, you know. This is, it, starts, it starts here. Yeah. The Will the Uh Janet Maslin from the New York Times praised Lucas's storytelling, but was critical of Ron, Ron Howard's direction. Howard appears to have had his hands full in simply harnessing the special effects. It's rude, isn't it? Uh, 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 sorry, criticising the man, the man who directed Apollo 13. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs down. Didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Couldn't believe it. Uh, Desson Thompson, writing in the Washington Post, he explained Rob Reiner's similar fairy tale adventure, The Princess Bride, uh, managed to evoke volumes more without razzle-dazzle. It's a sad thing to be faulting Lucas, maker of the Star Wars trilogy and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but for, uh, for forgetting the tricks of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and also, if you're suggesting that the Princess Bride doesn't have razzle dazzle, I don't think you fully appreciate the razzle dazzle <laughs> of the Princess Bride. <laughs> but at the Academy Awards, the film was nominated for sound effects, editing, and visual effects—the ones that you don't watch and go and yeah, get a cup of tea for. It's, it's uh, the ones that it's the ones that Marvel movies now get nominated for. It's yeah. like, look, obviously, this is a huge success. But we're all yeah. incredible snobs, so we're not going to yeah. give it like a proper award. Nah. But you know, I'm sure I'm sure the sound the, the sound was good. Who who is actually no, who's, <laughs> you know? Like there's there's presumably like the the academy yeah, and, and, and they get and, and, yeah, and they, yeah. they get screeners and and they're there going. Oh, do you know what that little bit that little bit of sound editing there? That was choice. That was choice sound editing. Bollocks! What a load of bollocks! Uh, but it it lost both awards to uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So you know, which is fair enough. That's weird. Another another yeah. future episode, but yeah, hundred percent. But I've already told my Judge Dune anecdote. I think <laughs> that might not even be the first time I've told it on this podcast. So I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to say about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But yeah, future episode. Uh, Lucas actually, which is really interesting. Um, he outlined the chronicles of the Shadow War trilogy to follow the film. Uh, as and he hired comic book writer uh, Chris Claremont to adapt them into a series oh, of Chris books. Chris Claremont. I am. Um, um, what's he? What's he done? Chris Claremont was uh, he is is famed as as one of the greatest uh, writers of X Men comics of all time. Ah, so uh, X Men, Stanley and Jack Kirby launched X Men in the sixties, um, yeah. but 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 a little while later, Chris, you know, the X Men wasn't actually like a big hit for Marvel initially. It was kind of like very much second tier, and Chris Claremont um, very much rejuvenated X Men and introduced. Characters like uh, like Wolverine and Storm yeah. and Nightcrawler, um, and and really made X Men X Men a big hit. And um, do you ever get that thing on Facebook where uh, you you'll get like recommended someone as as a friend, and it's like 
how did that happen? How like who do because it's always that thing of like it's a friend of a friend. And it's like yeah. who who do I know that knows this person? And sometimes it's a uh, it's it can be even like a celebrity. And I had once on Facebook, it was like, do you know Chris Claremont? <laughs> and I was like, no, obviously not. Like, and I don't even know why you think that. I'd love uh, to. Yeah, you know, I'd like you know, great, great, great comic book writer Chris Claremont, legendary. You could have but... slid into his DMs and said, no, <laughs> I, I recommended you on her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in seeing what happens next in Willow, they do take place about 15 years after the original film and feature the teenage Laura Denan as a central character. However, I won't be reading it because it says here that Mad Mardigan and Saoirse are killed off almost immediately in the first book and play no further part in the series. So, mean spirit. Well, what's, what's the point? Again. No. Yeah. But if you are interested, Shadow Moon came out in 95, Shadow Dawn in 96 and Shadow Star in 2000. But, okay. I definitely won't be uh, sending that friend request to Chris Claremont now. Now I know that. <laughs> There was even a board game of Willow, which is amazing. Um, in 1988, Tor Books released the Willow game, a two to six player adventure board game based on the film. Uh, and there were also three video games based on the film um, on the Amiga, Atari, Commodore 64 and DOS. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed I never played it because I'm sure I would have loved it. Never mind. Uh, on to facts. Faxland. Facts. Facts smash. Facts vision. Whatever you want to call it. It's here. We should make a little jingle for facts, bit, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, facts, yeah. yeah. facts. Ah. Uh. <laughs> or I was thinking more like Shaft. It's just like, oh, right. you know, yeah. who's yeah. gonna tell you some great <laughs> trivia? Facts. Yeah. <laughs> what the facts are gonna tell you? It. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah, like, it doesn't. It doesn't entirely <laughs> didn't work. work like, no, it didn't work. All no. right. Uh, so George Lucas based the character of General Kyle uh, on the film critic Pauline Kyle. You see. A fact that ah. was not lost on Kyle in her printed review of the film, she referred to General Kyle as a homage à moi. Ah, <laughs> so, so did she like the film? Uh, <laughs> doesn't say it, but let's, let's say she did. But similarly, the two-headed dragon was called an Ebor Sisk, right? Which was named after Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. So they, they, he That's made why the, I didn't the, like the, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they knew. But I like the idea that they'd already been shipped to uh, to Lucas before. So he was like, right, I'm going to just call the the the, uh, the baddies. Um, after them uh, Willow was the biggest casting call ever for little people in movie history bigger than uh, Return of the Jedi and The Wizard of Oz in the bigger end Lord of the Rings no wait they didn't um, oh, maybe. that was that, no that because that was just like CGI yeah, was the, and stuff wasn't it yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think I don't think you get away with that now I think no, that's that's well, that's that's the Gary Oldman technique, in a, in technically, isn't it? In, yeah, in a weird yeah. one. Uh, but no, uh, they had two hundred and forty little people from all over the world appearing in Willow. Um, so uh, yeah, biggest casting call ever. During off hours from shooting, Kevin Pollack and Rick Overton hit up a bar in San Rafael uh, where they ended up performing improv. Um, one of the audience members noticed and proceeded to get up on stage with them and join in. That person was Robin Williams. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Pollack, oh. <laughs> already a fan of Williams, said he ended up stepping back just to watch him. So I like yeah. the idea that o- Overton and Pollack, they just went up on stage and then Robin Williams was like, I can do better than these guys. <laughs> just, just come up on stage, I'll help you out, guys. And then took over. So, I feel like... Fine, I feel Robin like Williams, it, I, fine. I feel like if Robin Williams was still around now, he would step in and just go, "Guys, stop podcasting! I can do better. I can do better than this." And he, and he would be a lot better. He would be a lot better. Uh, uh, oh. Warwick Davis's, <laughs> Davis's future father-in-law, Peter Burrows, and his wife Samantha Davis, they also appear in the film. So he, he, he I think he must have met her on the set, Married similar to Val Kilmer. Sort of childhood so, sweetheart, yeah. So that, yeah, so they both, yeah, both had a nice love story. Um, in preparation for the movie, Warwick Davis had to learn a, with a modified accent. You know, make of it what you will. Uh, he also had to learn how to take care of a baby, how to ride a horse, how to sword fight, and how to perform magic. So he had to he had to learn quite a lot in a very short space of time. Yeah. Uh, um, this is a bit I'm debatable. Um, take of what you will. So also testing for the role of Mad Mardigan, but losing to Val Kilmer was Cruz. No, I I don't think you'd guess it. It's it's a big actor of the era, but I don't think you'd I don't think you'd get it. Uh, it was apparently John Cusack went for the role. Ah, um, I see it. And it's, but it says here, with no citation, he considers this his biggest disappointment. <laughs> now, maybe it keeps, was. Maybe keeps, he, keeps Cusack up at night, that. Now, I didn't buy the John Cusack autobiography, and maybe I will one day, and I can find out if he says it in the book. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, doesn't say. Willow came out on Blu-ray in 2013 to celebrate its uh, 25th anniversary, and... Part of the charm of that was that we got to see the boys Warwick and Val back together uh, for a series of interviews. So let's have a little little clip of what it was like for them 
it's just just mucking about having a great time the absolute boys willow willow 25th anniversary year this year and we have a blu-ray to celebrate and uh 25 years ago wouldn't believe it would you look at us now no you were just a just a wee one back then. Seventeen years old. Seventeen years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now, now I'm forty-three. But I think we've we've sort of matured like a good good wine. Look at us. Look at us there. It's a movie that's remembered very fondly by a lot of people. Though, it isn't is it? still. You find people say, can't "Oh, go, man, Mardigan." Can't go through an airport without someone saying, "Peck, peck, 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 peck." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the most common thing people say to me, actually. Really? You started that. Well, that's because that's what you were. Years of abuse started yeah. by you. That was a lot of fun. Saying peck. Yeah. So what is, what's your overriding memory of, of Willow? Just think about it and use my name in this story. It's, it's you, Warwick. Thank you. So much love and heart. Mm. You, you are what inspired Peter Jackson's career. <laughs> Aren't, aren't you? That's what you said to me earlier in the trailer. That Willow inspired I don't think the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it would have been nice to be in it, though, Peter. Yeah. We were there first, though. We were there first. We and, started and, all that, didn't and we? And New Zealand. We filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, we started that. It was a lot of fun. He was just following in our tiny footsteps. Yeah, the producer was George Lucas. Mm -hmm. Never hear about him anymore. Sort of faded. Right, extra features on here. Yes. Okay, we've got deleted scenes with Ron Howard. Who's in it? The making of an adventure with Ron Howard. <laughs> From Mort to Morphine. With Dennis Muren. So Willow, Ron an unlikely hero. Yeah, now keep going. That's Personal you. video diary of Warwick Davis. Now that's oh. the feature to die for. That's never been did out you, there. Did you before. video? Remember, I had my camera and you I kept do. doing stuff. You know what I remember? Here. It was it was the size of your torso. Pardon? It was a giant <laughs> back then, like cell phones. Oh my torso! Huge. Yeah, yeah we, there was a big old camera, wasn't yeah. it? I looked like a little sort of mini yeah. news team. I'd like to see that. It's on there. It's all on there. You don't call. You don't write. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, Matt paintings is the final riveting feature on there. But it's they are very good, good though. It yeah, hold, it holds up, Willow. Yeah. And uh, and it's remastered. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I mean, looking at us now, it's, it's as if we've been remastered as well. <laughs> nice. Isn't it? Do you like what I, yes. see what I did there? Mm. Yes. So, so there you have it, Willow. Willow. I actually like what they've done with the new cover because, you know, in relative terms, you're not any bigger than me, which is a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is slightly odd. You couldn't see that at the end, but um, Valken was just hugging Warwick Davis. Yeah, and just, he's like genuinely really funny, really deadpan. Yeah, really funny. Like he's got all the comedy of Ricky Gervais there. Obviously, Warwick Davis has a lot of history of Ricky Gervais, but Val Kilmer has the comedy of, of Ricky Yeah, Gervais. there was a few, a few looks to camera. And, yeah. yeah. And I feel like Ryan Reynolds has just stolen Val Kilmer's thing. Like his whole. If you watch Val Kilmer there, that's just Ryan yeah. Reynolds being yeah. Ryan Reynolds. It's like, oh, I, I wish they'd buddied up into some sort of buddy movie. That'd be amazing. Um. So yeah, that is not it for Willow though, no. uh, because beginning 2005, Lucas and Davis uh, discussed the possibility of a TV series as a sequel to Willow. Throughout the years, in various interviews, Davis always expressed interest in reprising his role. It was one of those ones where sort of thing that me and you would do if we were interviewing Warwick Davis. We'd bring up Willow as a laugh and go, yeah. do you ever, "Would you ever do it?" And they go, "Yeah, I'd do it," but nothing would ever come of it. it of course, just, it would actually happen. Quite. No, but. By May 2018, Howard confirmed that there were ongoing discussions regarding a sequel. So um, he confirmed the project would not be called Willow 2. Uh, but in 2019, he announced that a sequel TV series is currently in development with intentions for it to be exclusively released on Disney+. Plus. Jonathan Kasdan will write the TV series while Warwick Davis will reprise his role, which is exciting, isn't it? Uh, and then last year, it was officially greenlit. Ron Howard will executive produce, along with Kazdan and a few others. Uh, John M. Chu will direct the series' uh, first episode. Uh, Warwick Davis is definitely back as Willow. Bob Dolman, he's back. He's the uh, consulting producer. Good to um, Dolman. And it was announced it will be released in 2022. Uh, and, yeah, can't wait. Um, soon. Uh, Very exciting. There's, there's, a, there's a few other people in it. Erin Kellyman and Ellie Bamber. They haven't really announced too much yet. But I mean, yeah. 
Really I mean, I mean, I mean, famously, if you do a long delayed TV series sequel to a popular eighties uh, fantasy movie, it's always yeah. a huge hit, and it definitely doesn't get cancelled after one season. There's no, <laughs> there's no precedent for that, as far as I'm aware. No. Look, so I'm sure, really, I'm sure, I'm sure this will go fine. I was really heartbroken that Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance you, got cancelled. I yeah. fucking love that program. It's very rare that I watch a new show, yeah. and I'm like, this is this is fucking brilliant. It was, little, I really enjoyed uh, it. Really enjoyed it. A little insight into mine and Tom's relationship is: I I got a, a, a message from Tom. I think it was literally about two in the morning, and saying saying, do you know what? Just watch the Dark Crystal series. <laughs> Fuck me, one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I actually, I genuinely, genuinely think it's actually one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, two, in the, really two in the morning. Two in the morning. Yeah, just, just really affected me for some reason. Um, but, it, but do you know what? I wasn't depressed that it got cancelled because it didn't need another didn't need series. It, it ended. Didn't need it, it. It, it could have done with one. I would have enjoyed one, but it, it had a decent end. It was fine. Um, my friend uh, Mog, that is actually his name. Um, I did my masters with him with him back in the, back in the day. He messaged me because he saw that I posted about doing Willow. Uh, just to say that he's actually working on the sequel. He's he's on wow. staff. He's on production. Um, he couldn't tell me anything because I was like, "Can you give me any like, tidbits? Can you say? Can you like you know reveal anything?" You have, like, nah. you, you have so many genuinely like I like, know great great, great connections. connections to this movie. It's like my dad went to school with the actors. I'm now like one of my best friends is working on that, but, but get nothing. Can't believe it. No, uh, they but uh, they have provoked uh, nothing. Yeah. He promised me he'd let me into some stuff when he's allowed. So I'm thinking maybe we could do either a mini-sode or just a little clip where we just have a little short interview with him and we'll find yeah. out some exclusives we'll, from Will. We'll That'd be great. We'll, that would be great. We'll do it on Patreon. That's the shit you have to pay for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, some great um, mentions on, on socials and, and whatnot when we'd say about doing uh, Willow. Uh, David Alloway on Facebook said... I used to be petrified of the creatures in this film. It's a credit to the creators for doing uh, some great, if a little disturbing, FX work. I hope Disney's continuation of Willow uh, does its world justice. I can't wait to see it. I agree, David. Uh, <laughs> this was nice. Uh, Laura on uh, Facebook said, My brother belongs to a support group for people with achondroplasia, uh, or what Americans would call little people. He goes to an annual conference and meets people with his condition who have been in a number of films such as Star Wars and Time Bandits, etc., and Willow, of course. Uh, Willow made uh, Warwick Davis a star along with the people of the Nelwyn community depicted at the start of the film so I think she's essentially saying Willow meant a lot to a lot of people that it existed so that's really good Uh, my friend Chris he said I first watched this as a kid when I was ill with food poisoning or something Uh, I can't watch the bit where the troll runs on the underside of the bridge or gets pulled apart by the dragon without feeling physically nauseated (laughs) so uh, yeah I mean it's it's not a fun watch uh, and our good friend Sam, he also wrote in saying he's a big fan, saying uh, more frightening than any children's or young adult film would dare to be now. A fancy epic of glorious proportions. However, one odd moment was uh, Sorsha trying to aggressively seduce Mad Mardigan, a most uncomfortable scene to watch with parents. I said, uh, I said that which, made me feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, really, because I guess she does it, but he does it first. When he's had the love potion, he doesn't know what he's doing because he's got it's, the love potion. But even so, it's it's a know, toxic it's, relationship, yeah. whatever way you look at it. <laughs> uh, Long time listener Rob, he has said, I remember watching it on ITV when I was nine years old. I was into Lord of the Rings at the time. Uh, this was spring, summer 2003, so between Two Towers and Return of the King. Uh, and seeing a similar kind of epic fantasy story about a little person struck a chord. Uh, and then Theo on Twitter, he said, I always loved this movie. Jean Marsh as Queen Bav Morda was awesome. Did anyone remember the board game for this? Well, well I mentioned the board game. I don't remember it because I didn't have it. But yes, um, have, look it up on Google. It's well worth a look on there. Uh, and Michael joked. I think well, I think he's joking. I think I know what he's trying to say here. I think I know what he's trying to say here. He goes, um, heard Arnold Schwarzenegger was meant to play Willow. Now, at first I thought, oh, is he just being... Is that just a silly joke because he's really tall or whatever? And I was yeah. like, no, it's because I'm hoping it's in reference to our long-running yeah. gag, isn't it? Yeah. I'm hoping, I, so, I Michael, saw that. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm thinking <laughs> that's what you meant. I saw that, and I, I, I'm assuming he's referring to the classic <laughs> Two Geeks in-joke that Arnie is always yeah. is always yeah. referenced in IMD Baseball Trivia as being like up for every single role, particularly in the <laughs> 1980s. So, so, finally, an in-joke running gag has caught on. It's Hopefully, paid off. Hopefully, that's what that was. We assume. Uh, uh, and a user called Starblazer74 wasn't so keen, but he did tell us on Instagram, I saw it as a kid and the movie seemed just okay. 
Uh, the major selling point for me was it had Jean Marsh in it. Jean Marsh. And she was uh, Sarah Kingdom in the Dalek Master Plan. Yeah, uh, it was never a movie, even as a kid, that I would watch a second time. <laughs> so, cheers for telling us that. Uh, but yeah, good good to know. Good to know. It's true. Um, Sarah, yeah, G. Marsh was yeah. Sarah Kingdom in the Dark Master Plan. Yeah, it's true. Well, that is it for Willow. So, thoughts on Willow? I uh, hope I didn't I, ruin it too much for you. No, I've had a lovely time. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, I like. It looks a lot of fun. Um, I've I've really enjoyed hearing about it, and like I genuinely, genuinely. Um, think especially with the the, the Disney Plus prequel series yeah. on the way. I definitely think I will. I will watch it. Um, yeah, get up to speed on Willow. L- looks like my yeah. cup of tea before before the the sequel arrives. Yeah, good. So uh, for more drunken nostalgic trips, then head to twogeeks2beers.com where you can download and stream nearly a hundred more episodes about all kinds of uh, pop culture. There's other fantasy classics such as Labyrinth, 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 and Legend uh, is on there. Um, Legend and Labyrinth. Uh, you can also subscribe on there. God, I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's coming across, but I'm very. I've only had like three quarters of a pint of John Smith's. We've and not. I'm, we've actually. Yeah. If we've not recorded an episode in a little while. I feel like we're a little bit out of practice. But, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is. After however many episodes um, yeah but you can you can subscribe on the website we're available wherever you get your podcast. so please do recommend to a friend or family member if you enjoyed it uh, please rate or review us uh, whether that's on Apple Podcasts Stitcher or on Overcast as well uh, all sorts of places so please give us a shout out yes you can also get in touch on all the social channels uh, Two Geeks Cast on Twitter Facebook and Instagram uh, and you can also email us podcast at two geeks two beers dot com. To be clear, that's uh, that's two T W O. Just in case, this is reams, absolute reams of, of, of messages that we've not been getting. Um, yeah. please, please reach out to us on there. Send us suggestions for uh, future episodes, uh, films, TV shows, games you'd you'd like to hear us discuss. We'd love to hear that. And uh, also, you can support us on Patreon as well. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash 2 you can support us in any way you can or would like to. And on there, you can get exclusive episodes, mini-sodes, uh, outtakes, all kinds of things. You can even get 2 Geeks merch on there. There's a mug and a t-shirt and all sorts. So, uh, so much good please stuff. Please do. Uh, and as you said earlier, get in touch, as we say, but to give us some questions for the Q&A uh, for the hundredth episode as well, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, we don't want to do any 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 additional work. So if we if we could make it if we could, if we can like answer questions for a whole hour plus, that would be great. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, until next time, I hope you enjoyed this chat about Willow. We're low, 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 low. <laughs> wow, a flow rider reference. <laughs> great. Super anyway. niche. Bye. <laughs>